Welcome to Sleepy Voyages. This is a haven where tales unfold, a sanctuary where your mind can find rest and revelation intertwined. Tonight, we turn the pages back to the cobbled streets of Victorian London. Here, gas lamps glow softly in the evening mist, casting a gentle light upon tales of intelligence and unparalleled deduction. Our guide for tonight's journey is none other than the great Sherlock Holmes, whose adventures in A Study in Scarlet offer not just an intricate puzzle for the mind, but also deep lessons on the power of observation and the magic of the intellect. Though this story is set in a time long past, its insights are timeless. Intelligence, after all, isn't just about raw mental power. It's about how we use our minds to connect the dots, to see the patterns others might miss, and to uncover truths that might otherwise remain hidden. Let's embark on this voyage, not just as passive listeners, but as active participants, eager to glean insights from the world of Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson. Their adventures are not just theirs alone, but ours too, as we journey through the pages of this classic tale and into the depths of our own potential. Before we tuck you in tonight, Voyages of the Night Sky, we have a small but crucial request. As your eyelids grow heavy and the soothing tones of sleepy voyages guide you to the realm of dreams, remember the peace, serenity, and comfort that we bring to you every night. Just as a lighthouse guides lost ships in the darkness, your reviews help other restless dreamers find their way to us. By leaving a review and sharing your thoughts on your experience, you are reaching out to other insomniacs lost in the night, guiding them towards restful sleep. Take a moment before you drift away to click on the Leave a Review button on your podcast app. Help us extend our galaxy of tranquility to all those who seek the solace of sound sleep. And once you've done that, feel free to slip back under the covers of our sleep stories, ready to be whisked away on another sleepy voyage. Remember, your stars light the way for others. Every review, every rating helps us create a bigger, more beautiful universe of peace and rest. Begin by finding a comfortable position. Whether you're nestled under a soft blanket, reclined on a cozy armchair, or simply laying down on your bed, allow yourself to settle into that space. Feel the gentle support beneath you. Now close your eyes. The world of a study in Scarlet is waiting for us, but before we journey there, we'll focus on our breath. Feel the natural rhythm of your breathing, Notice how the cool air feels as you inhale through your nose and the warm sensation as you exhale. Imagine each breath is like the turn of a page. With every inhale, we gather knowledge. And with every exhale, we release the mysteries of the day. Picture the misty streets of Victorian London 
Every breath you take is like the fog rolling in, dense and enveloping. And every exhale clears the way, revealing cobblestone streets and gas-lit lanterns. Inhale and imagine you're drawing in the clarity and brilliance of Sherlock's mind. Exhale, releasing any preconceived notions or judgments. Now let's take three deep breaths together. Inhale, filling your lungs with the cool London air, allowing your chest and belly to expand. Exhale, letting go of distractions and sinking deeper into relaxation. Again, inhale deeply, feeling invigorated and refreshed. And exhale, feeling more connected to the heart of the story. One last time, inhale, drawing in inspiration and wisdom. And exhale, ready to embark on a journey through the intellect and deduction of one of literature's greatest detectives. Keep this rhythm, this connection to the story and its world, as we begin our voyage. In the midst of bustling Victorian London, amidst the cacophony of horse hooves and distant chatters, a fateful meeting was set to occur. Dr. John Watson, a retired army doctor, recovering from wounds and trauma of the Afghan war, was in search of affordable accommodation. He carried the weight of the war with him, hoping to find solace in the bustling heart of London. A friend, an old university lecturer, had a proposal for him. He knew of someone with a similar need, someone equally peculiar in his own rights, and with habits that, if not understood, might come across as eccentric. The first encounter between the two was nothing short of intriguing. Set within the cold, sterile environment of the chemistry laboratory at St. Bartholomew's Hospital, Watson was introduced to a tall, lean man engrossed in an experiment. Holmes was surrounded by vials, beakers, and a myriad of chemicals that seemed as familiar to him as old friends. Holmes appeared to be absorbed, almost entranced, by the delicate chemistry experiment he was undertaking. It was as if the world around him had faded and only the task at hand mattered. This was a man of singular focus. Holmes's introduction to Watson was unique. Instead of the typical pleasantries exchanged between two strangers, Holmes astoundingly deduced Watson's recent military background, catching the good doctor off guard. It was Watson's first glimpse into the razor-sharp intellect of Sherlock Holmes, an intellect that would pull him into mysteries and adventures he could never have imagined. The two found common ground quickly. Their conversations flowed effortlessly, punctuated by Holmes's observations and Watson's astonishment. They spoke of the shared rooms they would rent at 221B Baker Street, a place that would soon become legendary in the annals of detective history. And as the day concluded, little did Watson know that this mysterious meeting would be the start of an unparalleled companionship, filled with adventures that would challenge the very fabric of logic and deduction. 
the seed of one of literature's greatest friendships had been sown, ready to grow and flourish in the heart of Victorian London. In the quiet corners of Victorian London, a new kind of magic was being practiced. Not the kind filled with spells and potions, but one forged from the keen observations and intricate thought processes of a singular mind. It was a magic known as the art of deduction. Holmes possessed the ability to gaze upon a scene or a person and extract details that many would overlook. His eye would catch the minutest details, like the wear on a shoe or the faintest trace of ash on a jacket. To the untrained observer, these might seem like mere trivialities, but to Holmes, they were the pieces of a grand puzzle waiting to be assembled. This unique method was not merely about observing what was in front of him. It was about connecting seemingly unrelated dots, drawing conclusions from a myriad of details, and forming a cohesive narrative out of fragmented clues. He believed that every detail told a story. The ink stain on a man's fingers might reveal him to be a writer. The mud on one's boots could tell tales of where they've been. Holmes often mused that when one has eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, no matter how improbable, must be the truth. This was his guiding principle, and it never steered him wrong. But it wasn't just about facts and clues. Holmes had an innate understanding of human nature. He realized that every person had habits, patterns, and tells. By recognizing these, he could often predict a person's next move or uncover their hidden intentions. The beauty of his method was its simplicity. It was about stripping away the noise and focusing on the essence. Holmes demonstrated that by truly seeing, not just looking, one could unlock the mysteries of the world around them. His approach was almost musical, like a lullaby of logic and intuition. Every observation was a note, every deduction a melody, and every conclusion a harmonious chord. Holmes's art of deduction serves as a reminder. It tells us that the answers we seek are often hidden in plain sight, waiting to be discovered by those willing to see beyond the obvious. In a world overflowing with information and distractions, the ability to discern, to truly see, is more valuable than ever. It encourages us to pause, to observe, and to connect the dots in our own lives, helping us navigate our paths with clarity and purpose. Sherlock Holmes was not your ordinary detective. His mind was a reservoir of peculiar and distinct knowledge. His insights about different types of tobacco ash puzzled many. He could identify 46 distinct types. For Holmes, a simple ashtrace could unfold the narrative of a smoker's choice, habit, and even their state of mind at the time. Then there were soils. London was a vast city with countless streets and districts, each having its distinct type of mud or dirt. Holmes had an encyclopedic knowledge of them. A few muddy footprints were more than enough for him to deduce a person's recent whereabouts. He held deep interest in sensational literature, specifically crime. His bookshelves were filled with reports of every sensational crime committed in the country. 
This aided him in spotting patterns and understanding the criminal mind. The detective also had an understanding of chemistry beyond most of his contemporaries. His experiments, though often unorthodox and bewildering to Dr. Watson, had a purpose. They were not random acts of scientific curiosity, but rather tools honed to solve specific aspects of his cases. Yet, despite all this vast knowledge, there were areas where Holmes was astonishingly ignorant. He was oblivious to the Copernican theory and the composition of the solar system. Why? Because in his own words, they did not influence his work as a detective. He believed in stocking his brain only with the tools he needed for his work, likening it to a little empty attic that should be furnished with only what's essential. Holmes's knowledge was selective, focused, and always served a purpose. This approach to learning, where he pruned away the unnecessary and cultivated only what benefited his investigations, was as unusual as it was effective. Holmes once remarked that the world is full of obvious things which nobody ever observes, and that was his gift. The art of observing the obvious, the mundane, and discerning the extraordinary from it. The peculiarities of Sherlock Holmes were not just quirks, they were the building blocks of his genius. They made him the master of deduction, a legend whose tales would be retold for generations. Close your eyes and transport yourself to the cosy confines of 221 B. Baker Street. The room is dimly lit, with soft amber light emanating from a singular ornate lamp positioned strategically on a corner table. The glow reveals walls adorned with various curiosities, maps of London, newspaper clippings, and a violin resting gracefully against a plush armchair. You can almost feel the texture of the Persian rug beneath your feet. Its intricate patterns a testament to countless adventures and tales untold. On the table beside the window, a magnifying glass and a collection of vials, each one holding secrets from different cases. Shelves upon shelves carry books, journals and artifacts, each bearing testimony to the intellectual quests of the room's inhabitant. The scent in the air is a mix of tobacco from a half-smoked pipe and the subtle notes of leather-bound books. By the window stands a mannequin draped in various disguises, a silent witness to the many faces Sherlock has adopted in his line of work. In the center of the room stands a sturdy wooden table. Spread across its surface are open letters, chemical apparatus, and a scribbled notebook containing the notes of ongoing investigations. The fireplace crackles gently, casting dancing shadows that play on the walls. The warmth from the flames wraps around you bringing a sense of comfort and safety. Imagine sitting down on the plush armchair, sinking into its embrace, absorbing the room's intellectual energy. It's a room that has seen countless deductions, moments of enlightenment, and birthed many solutions to the most confounding mysteries. Feel the essence of Sherlock's genius enveloping you, grounding you in this space a sanctuary of thought and discovery. In the heart of Victorian London, 
amidst the bustling streets and hazy fog, a particular case caught the city's attention. Imagine a city rife with mysteries, yet one stands out prominently, casting a shadow that even Scotland Yard hesitates to approach. This was no ordinary mystery, but rather a puzzle with layers, complexities, and enigmas. Dr. John Watson, recently returned from war and still adapting to civilian life, found himself thrust into the world of detective work. While he was accustomed to the challenges of a battlefield, this new landscape presented different challenges, ones of wit, observation, and deduction. The details of the case were murky at best. A man found in a room, lifeless, with not a mark on his body. Surrounding him, peculiar clues that only deepened the mystery. Papers with cryptic messages, an untouched glass of wine, and the word Rach written in blood on the wall. Yet, despite the eerie nature of the crime scene, there was no sign of a struggle, no evident cause of death. The very essence of the case was a contradiction, a riddle waiting to be solved. Law enforcement was baffled. The newspapers were filled with speculations and theories, each more fantastical than the last. Was it a case of secret societies, espionage, or merely a crime of passion? The city was abuzz with whispers and rumors, each citizen forming their theory, their narrative of the events. But amidst this sea of confusion, one man, Sherlock Holmes, saw not chaos, but a pattern. For him, the seemingly unrelated details were but pieces of a larger puzzle. Where others saw disorder, Holmes perceived the subtle threads of connection, awaiting the right tug to unravel the entire mystery. However, before Holmes could take on this intriguing case, the stage had to be set, allies had to be found, and the journey of one of literature's most iconic duos had to commence. This is where our tale truly begins, at the inception of a partnership between two great minds, in the face of a case that would challenge even the most astute detective. The City of London, with its gas-lit streets and horse-drawn carriages, becomes the backdrop for a game of wits. And as the narrative unfolds, we realize that sometimes the most challenging battles are not fought on battlefields, but within the confines of one's mind. The case of A Study in Scarlet is unique in many respects. It began with a lifeless body found in an abandoned house on Brixton Road, London. The man, identified as Enoch Drebber of Cleveland, showed no physical signs of violence or foul play. This alone would have made for a perplexing case, but what truly baffled Scotland Yard was the word rage, written in blood-red letters on the wall near the corpse. This singular detail set the entire police force on edge. The peculiarities didn't end there. Inspector Gregson and Inspector Lestrade, two of Scotland Yard's finest, found themselves confounded by the lack of motive or clues. The man's belongings, including a gold watch and ring, were still on his person, ruling out robbery as a motive. A small woman's wedding ring was found in the same room, yet the identity of its owner remained elusive. The question echoed throughout the investigation. Who could this ring belong to, and what significance did it hold? 
Then there were the peculiar pills found at the scene. Two pills, one of which was later found to be a deadly poison, while the other was harmless. How they played into this mystery was yet another layer waiting to be peeled back. The house in which the body was found was vacant and up for rent. Curiously, no one had seen the victim enter, nor had any neighbors reported hearing unusual noises. To make things even more enigmatic, a second victim soon emerged. This time, a certain Joseph Stangerson was found dead in similar mysterious circumstances at a hotel. Once again, there was the absence of any clear signs of a struggle, and another set of the curious pills were discovered. What could connect these two men? Why were they targeted? And who could employ such a meticulous method of murder that left so few traces and so many questions? It was a puzzle of epic proportions, one that only a mind as sharp as Sherlock Holmes could piece together. Dr. John Watson, a man of military background and a recent returnee from the wars in Afghanistan, was in search of a change. His path to becoming intimately involved with the mystery began in a rather ordinary manner. Watson was in need of affordable lodgings in London. This led to a chance introduction by a mutual acquaintance to the enigmatic Mr. Sherlock Holmes, who was also seeking shared accommodation to ease financial constraints. Together, they took up residence at 221 B. Baker Street, which would soon become one of the most legendary addresses in the world of detective fiction. Though Watson was initially unaware of Holmes's unique profession as a consulting detective, he quickly became intrigued by his roommate's unusual habits and the peculiar visitors that frequented their apartment. Holmes, with his ever-curious mind and unparalleled powers of observation, was naturally drawn into the enigma, and Watson, with his own inherent sense of adventure, couldn't help but be swept along. While Dr. Watson might have begun as a passive observer, fascinated by Holmes's methods, he soon became an active participant, accompanying the detective to crime scenes. It wasn't merely the allure of the mystery that kept Watson engrossed, but also the chance to document the extraordinary capabilities of Sherlock Holmes. The juxtaposition of his own conventional approach to problems against Holmes's eccentric methods provided a rich tapestry for Watson's chronicles. Their combined strengths, Holmes's razor-sharp intellect and Watson's grounded sensibility, made them an unparalleled duo. Watson, with his medical background and experience from the battlefields, often provided insights and knowledge that supplemented Holmes's deductions. In essence, Dr. Watson's involvement in the case was a series of serendipitous events. A quest for affordable housing, a fortuitous introduction, and an innate sense of curiosity all led him into the heart of a mystery that would forever change the course of his life. In the gaslit quarters of Victorian London, Sherlock Holmes was not just a master detective, but also an enigma of a man. The relationship between these two was nothing short of intriguing. From their earliest interactions, it was evident that Holmes held a deep respect for Watson, albeit expressed in his own unconventional way. 
While he might appear distant or absorbed in his own thoughts, this was simply the way his mind worked. A machine, ceaselessly churning, deducing and inferring. Holmes had a remarkable ability to focus entirely on a subject, often to the exclusion of everything else, including basic human needs. This intensity, however, was balanced by moments of genuine camaraderie. Sherlock's respect for Watson was clear in the way he would turn to him for a fresh perspective or a grounding opinion. While Holmes's mind was a whirlwind of details and connections, Watson's was the anchor, providing a counterbalance with his more conventional wisdom. Many have speculated that without Watson, Holmes might have lost himself in the intricate web of his own intellect. Watson served not just as a chronicler of Holmes's adventures, but also as a touchstone, ensuring the great detective never strayed too far from the human element in each case. Though Sherlock might not have openly expressed affection in the way many do, his actions spoke louder. Protecting Watson in moments of danger, valuing his opinions even when they differed, and sharing the thrill of a case's climax, all painted a picture of deep mutual respect and understanding. Theirs was a bond that went beyond mere friendship. It was a partnership of minds and souls. In the quiet moments, away from the prying eyes of London and its myriad mysteries, the two could often be found in their shared living quarters at 221 B. Baker Street. A soft violin melody might fill the room, played by Sherlock, while Watson penned down their latest adventures. These moments, perhaps, were the truest reflection of their camaraderie. A genius with his violin, and his most trusted friend documenting their shared legacy for eternity. In the heart of Victorian London, where cobblestones echoed with the hurried footsteps of constables and the whispered secrets of alleyway conspirators, there lay a mystery that had baffled the city's finest minds. The enigma at hand was a ghastly crime scene, seemingly devoid of motive, pattern or reason. The investigators of Scotland Yard, seasoned and logical as they were, found themselves perplexed. Every clue seemed to lead to a dead end. Rumours and theories proliferated throughout London. Was it a message from a secret society? Was it a ritual gone awry? Theories abounded, but none could pierce through the veil of uncertainty. Yet to Sherlock Holmes, this was more than just a puzzle. It was a symphony of clues, a composition of details that only needed the right maestro to make sense of its intricate notes. While the detectives were ensnared in the web of the obvious, Holmes looked beyond, searching for the subtle nuances, the unspoken truths and the overlooked details. Why couldn't anyone else solve it? The answer lies in the nature of conventional thinking. Most minds were trained to follow patterns, to seek the familiar, to piece together stories from known narratives. But Sherlock's mind was different. His was a mind that thrived in chaos, that sought the anomalies and reveled in the unfamiliar. Where others saw a dead end, Holmes saw a door to a myriad of possibilities. Victorian London was a symphony of contrasts. 
the cobblestone streets echoed with the hooves of horses, carrying elegant carriages with their polished brass fixtures gleaming under the gaslit lampposts. By day, the streets bustled with merchants selling their wares, children playing marbles, and the aroma of fresh bread wafting from corner bakeries. The Thames, a lifeline for the city, reflected the sprawling metropolis on its waters, with boats ferrying goods and people from one bank to the other. The city's bridges, like the iconic Tower Bridge, stood as testament to the ingenuity and architectural prowess of the time. Beyond the opulence and the grandeur, there lay another side of London. The alleys where secrets whispered in hushed tones, where mysteries awaited discovery. It was a place where fog often rolled in thick blankets, obscuring vision and adding an air of enigma to the cityscape. There were taverns with their warm amber lights, where patrons would share tales and ale till the wee hours. Pubs, with their iconic swinging signs, were hubs of community, places where both news and gossip flowed freely. Markets like Covent Garden burst with energy, vendors calling out the day's catch or the freshest of fruits. The scent of flowers from florists, intertwined with the aroma of roasted chestnuts from street vendors, painted a sensory masterpiece. But beneath this vibrancy, the underbelly of London thrived. The mysteries that Holmes and Watson confronted often found their roots here, in the dimly lit corners, away from the prying eyes of the public. The challenge was not just solving the mystery, but navigating this intricate tapestry of culture, society, and intrigue. In the backdrop of it all, stood the iconic Big Ben, its chimes marking the passage of time, reminding the denizens of their fleeting moments and the tales that the city held, waiting to be told. This was Victorian London, a city of wonders and whispers, where every brick and cobblestone had a story of its own. Close your eyes and find yourself in the heart of Victorian London. Feel the uneven cobblestone beneath your feet, still damp from the afternoon drizzle. Each stone tells tales of countless carriages and histories long gone by. Around you, gas lamps illuminate the streets with a warm orange glow, their light flickering against the evening fog, which slowly wraps the city in its soft embrace. Hear the distant sound of a horse's hooves clattering against the ground, pulling along a handsome cab. It's rhythmic, like a heartbeat, grounding you further into this time long ago. To your left stands an old bookstore, its wooden sign squeaking gently in the wind. Inside, shelves are filled with leather-bound books, their spines cracked and pages yellowed, holding stories of adventure, romance and mystery. Children run past you, their laughter echoing in the distance, their faces flushed from playing in the cool London air. They're heading home, pulled along by the tempting aroma of warm meat pies from a nearby shop. Feel the weight of your coat against your shoulders, providing protection against the chill in the air. The soft fabric of your scarf brushes against your neck as a gentle wind picks up. Overhead, the moon peeks through gaps in the cloud cover, casting silver reflections over the Thames. 
its waters ripple and flow, carrying tales from the countryside through London and out to the vast sea. The hum of chatter floats around from the local pub, where townsfolk gather to discuss the day's events over a pint of ale. The warmth of human connection, even in the sprawling expanse of the city, is palpable. In the distance, the silhouette of the Tower Bridge stands tall against the night sky, its turrets and towers a testament to mankind's architectural prowess. Ships with tall masts and billowing sails cast shadows on the water below, signaling adventures from foreign lands. As you walk, take in the detailed architecture of townhouses, their brick facades ornate with carved stone, and windows revealing glimpses of life within. A mother reading to her child, a gentleman penning a letter, a family gathering around the fireplace. This London, filled with life, mystery and history, is the backdrop to Sherlock and Watson's adventures, a city that, much like the detective's mind, holds countless secrets waiting to be uncovered. Picture a familiar room in your own home. It's bathed in a soft, ambient light, everything in its place, just as you left it. Now imagine yourself as the great detective Sherlock Holmes walking into this room for the very first time. Your senses are heightened, much like the renowned detectives would be. Notice the room's layout. Which piece of furniture is worn out more than others? Does that suggest it's the most used or perhaps the oldest? Consider the items on the tabletops. What do they tell you about the room's regular occupants? A collection of coffee mugs might suggest a caffeine aficionado or perhaps someone who often forgets to clean up. Feel the air in the room. Is it cool, indicating a recently opened window? Or is it warm and stuffy, suggesting the room has been shut for some time? Listen closely. What sounds do you hear? The ticking of a clock may guide you to the room's rhythm, while the distant hum of traffic might offer hints about its location within the house. Even in your own space, there's much to deduce, much that goes unnoticed in our day-to-day -day routines. In this exercise, you've tapped into the art of observation, a skill that Sherlock Holmes masterfully demonstrated time and time again. It's about seeing beyond the obvious, connecting seemingly unrelated dots, and arriving at a deduction. By practicing this form of mindfulness, you not only become more present in your surroundings, but also sharpen your mind to see details many might miss. It's a step toward honing your own power of deduction. Opening your eyes now, take a moment to appreciate the newfound perspective you've gained of a room you thought you knew. Carry this spirit of deduction with you, observing, learning, and understanding the world in more profound ways. Deduction, at its core, is about understanding the world through observation and logical reasoning. Sherlock Holmes mastered this art. For him, the world was an intricate puzzle, with each piece carrying its unique significance. It might be tempting to think that one needs a mind like Holmes to be deductive. However, every one of us has the capacity to hone this skill, just like any other. Firstly, it starts with observation, 
Begin by paying close attention to the details around you. It could be the pattern of someone's shoes or the way a colleague arranges their desk. These seemingly insignificant details can tell a greater story. Next, cultivate the habit of questioning. Instead of taking things at face value, ask the why and how behind them. For instance, if it rained last night, why is the pavement dry? Such questions spark curiosity and stimulate the deductive mind. Thirdly, patience is crucial. Holmes didn't jump to conclusions. Instead, he carefully assembled the facts before making a hypothesis. In our day-to-day -day lives, taking a moment to assess information before reacting can often lead to more accurate and thoughtful conclusions. Lastly, practice makes perfect. Deduction is like a muscle that gets stronger with use. Challenge yourself daily, try solving riddles, or even engage in board games that stimulate the brain. Over time, you'll find your deductive abilities sharpening. While most of us won't be solving mysterious crimes in Victorian London, these skills can aid in understanding complex situations in our personal and professional lives. Whether it's understanding a friend's unspoken feelings or analyzing a business report, deduction can offer clearer insights. Holmes once said that the world is full of obvious things which nobody ever observes. By strengthening our deductive abilities, we not only observe, but also understand the intricate dance of details that compose our world. The charm of a study in Scarlet lies not just in its intricate puzzle, but in the way Sherlock Holmes so masterfully pieces it together. We find ourselves in a London where a seemingly unexplained murder has taken place. At the heart of the crime scene is a mysterious message written in blood. Rage. To most, this appeared as an unfinished revenge note pointing towards the German word for revenge. The tale unfolds in a way that perplexes even the brightest minds of Scotland Yard. The game is always afoot for the detective, and it's the tiny details that make all the difference. The presence of a woman's wedding ring, the peculiarities about the state of Drebber's body, and the peculiarities of his boots. All these help Holmes deduce the events leading up to the murder. Holmes's razor-sharp intellect leads him to suspect that a poison was involved, specifically a South American poison that only he seems to be familiar with. His hypothesis proves correct when he identifies the poison as one that paralyzes its victim, allowing them to fully comprehend their impending doom, but leaving them unable to move or cry out. The intricate chase leads Holmes and Watson to a past tale of love and betrayal, centered on a faraway land in the American West. The tragedy that took place years ago had its shadows stretching all the way to Victorian London. Holmes connects the dots, leading to the capture of the actual perpetrator, Jefferson Hope, a man driven by a need for vengeance after the tragic events that befell his loved ones in the American West. It's this blend of deduction, attention to the minutest detail, 
and an understanding of the broader human story that allows Holmes to solve a case that baffled the best minds of London. The scarlet in the story refers not just to the blood at the crime scene, but to the scarlet thread of murder running through the colourless skein of life, a thread that only Holmes could untangle. You see, my dear Watson, it's all about the details, those seemingly insignificant elements that others overlook. It began with the bloody message on the wall, not a random act of madness, but rather a deliberate clue left behind. The choice of the word rash was intriguing. Most would assume it to be an incomplete word, but I considered its German meaning, revenge. Then, the ring left at the crime scene was not merely lost jewellery. It bore the initials DF and proved vital in understanding the motive and the past connected with our victim. And of course, there were the footprints, not just any footprints, Watson. A man's boots, undoubtedly. But the unique pattern and wear gave away more than just his size. It suggested his gait, his weight, and hinted at his occupation. The pills were another conundrum. Two pills, outwardly identical, yet one was poison, the other harmless. Their presence was both the method and the madness, suggesting a game of chance played with the victim. But it wasn't just physical evidence. The cab driver's behavior was oddly distinctive. His audacity in approaching the police, his peculiar knowledge about our victim, all pointed to a deeper connection. Our investigation led us to Utah, to a tale of love, betrayal, and vengeance. This was not a mere murder for material gain. It was an act born from a vendetta stretching back years, rooted in personal anguish and loss. Every strand, every detail, interconnected, painting a vivid tapestry of events leading to that fateful night. While others saw chaos, I saw a pattern a narrative waiting to be unraveled. The essence of deduction, dear Watson, is not about extraordinary intelligence or an encyclopedic brain, but about keen observation, about seeing what is right before us, yet hidden from untrained eyes. And that is how, step by step, clue by clue, we unraveled the mystery behind a study in Scarlet. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson, in the course of A Study in Scarlet, achieved much more than merely solving a mystery. Holmes, with his meticulous attention to detail and unparalleled powers of observation, secured his reputation as London's foremost consulting detective. With each passing case, he sharpened his ability refining the art of deduction to a precision that few could match. For Watson, the journey held different rewards. From the onset, he embarked on an odyssey of learning. Witnessing Sherlock's methods firsthand, he developed an acute sense of observation, a skill he would come to rely on in future adventures. Beyond the tangible knowledge and experience, Watson was also reintroduced to a world full of intrigue after his time in the Afghan war, providing him a renewed purpose and zest for life. 
But perhaps the most profound gain for both was their budding friendship. This case marked the beginning of a bond, a kinship forged in the crucible of danger, mystery, and intellectual pursuit. Through Holmes's brilliance and Watson's steadfast loyalty, they formed a partnership that would become the stuff of legend. The streets of London, with their secrets and tales, saw the birth of an iconic duo. Their collaboration was more than a mere working relationship. It was a dance of minds, a synergy that combined the best of both men. This journey, while successful in terms of solving the case, was also a testament to the human spirit's capacity for growth, learning and connection. The threads of logic and emotion intertwined, leading both Holmes and Watson to personal evolutions and a bond that would stand the test of time. While the world lauded them for their detective prowess, the true victory lay in the lessons they imbibed and the friendship they cultivated. For in the heart of Victorian London, amid the cobblestone streets and the swirling fogs, a detective and a doctor discovered the value of trust, camaraderie and relentless curiosity. Friendship, much like the one shared between Dr. John Watson and Sherlock Holmes, is a testament to the human spirit's innate desire for connection. When we think about our journey through life, it's rarely the destinations or milestones that stand out most vividly. It's the moments shared, the laughter, the challenges overcome, and the silent understandings that linger in our memories. Holmes, with his unmatched intellect and sharp wit, could easily stand alone in his pursuits. But the presence of Watson adds depth and dimension to his adventures. It is Watson who offers us a window into the world of Holmes, humanizing the detective genius. But why do we, as humans, seek out these connections? Why is friendship integral to our well-being? From the earliest of ages, we learn through interactions. These interactions shape our worldviews, our beliefs and our growth. They challenge us, comfort us and occasionally confront us. In a world where fact, clues and data reign supreme, the emotions, the shared experiences and the bonds of friendship that offer solace. When two minds come together, much like Holmes and Watson, they don't just share space, they amplify each other's strengths and buffer each other's weaknesses. Watson's sense of morality, combined with Holmes's analytical prowess, creates a partnership that's not just efficient, but also enriching. And isn't that the essence of true friendship? To be with someone who not only understands your mind, but also touches your soul. To have a friend is to have a confidant, a partner in crime, and a mirror reflecting your true self. It's a bond that stands the test of time, challenges, and even differences. In the dense fog of Victorian London, amidst the entangled web of mysteries, what truly shines through in a study in Scarlet is the budding relationship between these two men. Through gunshots and deductions, through alleys and drawing rooms, it's their camaraderie that leaves an indelible mark. For in the grand tapestry of life, it's not just the threads of individuality that create the picture. 
It's the intertwining of these threads in friendship and partnership that gives the canvas its depth, its vibrancy, and its heart. Let us remember then, as we drift into the realm of dreams, the beauty and significance of friendship, a bond that enriches, elevates, and enlightens. Imagine a gentle warmth starting at your toes. This warmth carries with it a softness, a gentle weight that eases tension. Now, this comforting sensation begins to rise. It envelops your feet, causing each toe to relax one by one. Your arches and heels sink comfortably, shedding any stress they held. This warmth continues its journey upward, caressing your ankles and calves. Feel the muscles in your shins and calves yield, letting go of the weight of the day. Your knees, often bearing so much, now find their own moment of peace. This serenity moves on, wrapping your thighs in a gentle embrace. Your legs now feel grounded, deeply connected to the earth beneath them. The soothing warmth rises further, moving to your hips and the base of your spine. As it progresses, each vertebrae in your spine experiences a gentle release. Moving up your back, it dissipates tension between the shoulder blades. The warmth now encompasses your chest, causing your breathing to become slow. Steady and deep. Your heart rate slows, embracing the calm. Shoulders drop slightly, free from any burdens they carried. The warmth then flows down your arms, passing through every joint, every muscle. Your fingertips, the last to feel, tingle with relaxation. The serenity continues its journey upward, wrapping around your neck, often a vessel for tension. But now it feels light, free, and infinitely supple. Finally, this warmth encases your head. Your forehead smoothens, your eyes grow heavy, and your jaw releases. Your entire body is now encapsulated in a protective, soothing warmth. In this state of complete relaxation, your mind drifts, finding its own sanctuary. 
With every breath, you drift deeper into a serene slumber, carrying with you the lessons of deduction and the beauty of keen observation. Rest now with the knowledge that the power of observation and deduction lies within you, ready to be harnessed upon waking. In the shadowy corners of Victorian London, Sherlock Holmes stood out as a beacon of intellect and deductive prowess. Yet it's vital to realize that while the world doesn't teem with Sherlock's at every corner, the very essence of deduction and observation isn't beyond our grasp. Holmes once said, you see, but you do not observe. Each one of us possesses the power of observation. Every day we come across minute details, subtle changes and myriad patterns. These patterns may be in the conversations we have, the way leaves rustle on our morning walks, or even in the shifting moods of a loved one. Often, it's these overlooked details that hold the keys to deeper understanding and clarity. Deduction isn't merely about solving mysteries in dim-lit alleyways or opulent mansions. It's about connecting the dots, discerning patterns, and making sense of the world around us. By cultivating a habit of keen observation, we step closer to understanding the nuances of our environment, relationships, and even ourselves. Embracing the mindset of a detective in our daily lives doesn't necessarily mean suspecting every shadow or reading too deeply into every word spoken. Instead, it means being present, attentive, and curious. It's about asking questions, not just accepting things at face value. You might not have the encyclopedic knowledge of poisons or the myriad footprints of London's residents like Holmes. However, by actively engaging with your surroundings and refining your observation skills, you can certainly hone your deductive abilities. In doing so, you'll find that the world becomes a richer tapestry, filled with details waiting to be uncovered. Remember, while innate genius is rare, the choice to be more deductive, more observant, and hence more intelligent every day is within each one of our grasps. By embracing this approach to life, we become active participants in our own stories, threading together the narratives of our days with the keen eye of a detective. And in this journey of life, every moment of observation, every deduction made, adds layers to our understanding, drawing us closer to the truths that surround us. In the quiet, mist-kissed streets of Victorian London, through the intricate pathways of the human mind, our journey tonight with Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson draws to a close. The art of deduction, as demonstrated by Holmes, reminds us that life's mysteries often lie hidden in plain sight, waiting for an observant eye and a questioning mind. Each of us possesses a unique intelligence, a treasure trove of insights and curiosities. And just as Dr. Watson brought a balance to Holmes, a reminder that sometimes our greatest discoveries come not from solitude, but from collaboration. Embrace the mysteries of your everyday life. Approach them with a discerning eye and an open heart. And as the tendrils of sleep begin to weave their gentle embrace, 
Remember the wonders of the human mind and the magic that unfolds when curiosity meets purpose. May your dreams be intricately woven with wisdom, wonder, and warmth. Good night.